Hey everyone, welcome to the Hump Podcast. Hey, what's up, man? This, this is uh, Garrett, uh, along with Christian and Micah, and we're about to start a new mini-series. We're going to talk about Genesis chapters 1 through 11 and see how the oldest part of the Bible fits today. Now, before you turn off the podcast, because we just said Genesis, yeah, we don't want to scare you away from that. Genesis is important, and Garrett's going to tell you why. Well, chapters 1 through 11 specifically are really important because they're called primeval history. Easy now. It's a big word. Big kidding. word. Not, not too big of a word. word it's it's <laughs> It just means history prior doesn't, to history. Doesn't mean his story? No, it's his like story. it's history that's not fully recorded. Um, so Genesis 1 through 11 is the history of how we got to the history of... Of how we got to where we are. Yeah. Shout out to <laughs> Think history. Of it that way. Yeah. Double so. history. Shout out history to squared. But it's yeah. really cool. It's really important for us to read it because we have to read Genesis one through eleven a little bit differently than we read the rest of Genesis because it's written in a poetic a poetic fashion. It, it's not written written. We can't read Genesis chapters one through eleven like we're reading a science textbook or historical textbook. It's written in mythological it's form. Good thing because I've never form, read any of those textbooks. So. <laughs> Same. Uh, well, you know, people. I think it's a fairly common uh, th- thought process that people would say, you know, where Jesus came. You know, Old Testament is history. We, you know, it's good to know it, but you know, it kind of doesn't. But uh, I mean, it's still the living, living, breathing word of God. So, uh, and the Old Testament. All of it points to Jesus. I, mean, I, w- I would argue that Genesis 1 through 11 is more relative to us today and its application than many of the parts of Scripture that, you know, that, that we, we like to read, um, that's yeah. comfortable reading, like Samson or, or Joshua or these, these like narratives that are easy to read because they're a narrative. Well, Genesis chapters 1 through 11 really applies to the world and the state that it is today. Mm. Um, so I think it's really important that we read through these texts yeah. and, and know how to apply them and understand them in light of how and when they were written and how we apply them today. This is going to be a four... Four weeks that we're going to do this, yep. and then after that we're oh, going to start weeks. something new with some interviews again and bring back people. Did you say interviews? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, so that was we, so dumb. When we started, right before we started, I don't know if you all caught on, but we're going to let you. Uh, we're going to show you behind the curtain. Um, Open the veil. Behind the yeah, I don't think anyone's getting married, are they? Is that the same? Thing? But anyway, so. Um, we usually rotate the intro. If you haven't caught on to that, we usually like take turns doing the intro. Uh, and this was Garrett's week, and he always is really excited to do it um, because he's like, and Christian. So Christian was trying to hype him up to like, dude, be like, let's get let's just get, get wild. Fun. And so his way to do it was just impersonate me. Is what Christian said. Just impersonate me. Do your best impersonation. So leave a review, not for the episode, but for Garrett's. Impersonation. impersonation. So our next like next few reviews, I expect, will be about your impersonation of Christian. Um, and then for those of you that, that wasn't actually trying to impersonate. Well, him. I know, but 
That's the joke, Garrett. So. <laughs> so, so then Christian comes in with a drop from his phone. Nonetheless. Get that air horn that, going. So that gives us a one-star review of Garrett's review. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because my, he totally missed. <laughs> uh, which my, hopefully, I went home this weekend, and my brother called me a crotchety old man. Because yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know okay, yeah. media, I definitely, I, my experience of you in the last what, eight, seven, eight, seven years is uh, old man. Is it fits? You know? It fits great. Um, not excitable. S- steady. Steady. Uh, would <laughs> not have played the the uh, dun, 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 audio track over the 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 podcast airwaves. So, but that's why. We have good balance. If we had three Christians, no one would listen because yeah, it'd be would. way too much. It would be. They and couldn't if, handle it. Their radios would blow up in their car. And if we had three Micahs, everyone would be asleep from the monotone, <laughs> mon- monotony, mon- monotoneness. Monotony. Uh, so, or we would just get nowhere. We would go in circles for a long time, uh, for hours on end. So, no, but uh, looking forward to jumping into to Genesis and looking forward to interviews. Um, you know, we we went into the uh, the vault. And we saw that interviews were our some of our more more popular episodes. Um, and since we don't get any new reviews, shout out to the non-reviewing listeners. Um, we didn't really know what was what was working and what wasn't working. So we're going back to interviews. One because we really enjoy them, and two because clearly there's a, a level of that Podbean.com tells us uh, enjoyment from from listeners. Yeah. So. I'm uh, really excited to maybe preview some some young people, some old people. Some in-between people. Some middle-aged people. <laughs> hey, maybe you're listening. Maybe we interview you. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Uh, in order to be interviewed, you must be a listener. That is a pre <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you've made it, when you get uh, interviewed on the Hump Podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when your you know you complete. have lost an hour of your life. That's when <laughs> you, you never get it back. Um, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to those interviews. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have never thought to play the audio track that you did, but oh, I love the air horn. Air horn makes everything better. Yeah, do you play that when you walk up on the stage? To yeah, do a sermon just to, just in my own ear though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't let anybody else hear. You need it. to put oh. it up to your mic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with your now uh, walking to the pulpit. Yeah, <laughs> Christian. Do you have a walk up song? Naylor. Yeah, I got a walk up song. It's uh Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, I just walk up my hands raised. What what's the what's the song uh that we I come out to bring bless, them out, bless, bring them uh, out. Oh um ten thousand reasons. Yeah. Bless the Lord. Lord. <laughs> yeah, that one is uh that's eh, an inside joke. We don't go there. But um Yeah, so looking forward to the interviews. So Genesis one through two. Uh, actually, today we're going to do Genesis chapters one through ten, and then for the next three weeks we're going to be on chapter eleven. No, I'm just kidding. Um, can you imagine if we just, I mean, zoom through ten chapters? There's a then, lot in chapter eleven, uh, but I don't think there's. I feel like we four weeks zoom worth. through. I mean, we really could spend a week on each chapter because there's a lot of meat. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of time over the the course of these few chapters. So um, the reason we're doing chapters one and two today is because that's the beginning. T- well, so it makes sense yeah. to start there. But it's two. <laughs> <laughs> it's two ways of explaining creation. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter one is the macro view of God creating the universe, and chapter two is kind of the micro. I thought macro said something to do with food. Macro well, cheese. It, <laughs> macro's big, micro's little. So. So why don't we call them microwave machines? Are they micro- small waves? They are small. Gotcha. That's yeah. There's yeah. little people that ride waves in there. Surf. 
I mean, if anyone makes it to this point, podcast, <laughs> we're sorry. You guys. deserve we're a gold sorry. star, like the elementary school ones, where you like your your name moved yep. up, and you got to be the the line leader or the door oh, holder. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, macro, micro. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, um, so, chapter one is all about kind of explaining the order of creation, and chapter two is all explaining more so. Um, what's been created you know you you have this kind of zoomed in picture of in chapter two of god creating humanity even though in chapter one it's already explained that god created humanity so it's like that's why i say it's the micro explanation of creation in chapter two specifically um verses four onward and then chapter one is the macro yeah you know and and we got to remember when we read genesis there's so many Shout out to Hugh Ross. I mean, hey, shout out to Cheesecake. <laughs> what? That's a KSR thing. Uh, Ramel uh, Bradley, a former player, shouted out Cheesecake one time <laughs> on the radio. So it's just a long term joke they do. Okay. Uh, but shout out to Hugh Ross, uh, cousin so, of Bob Ross, the painter. Yeah, no. no. Hugh no. Ross is, now get this, he's an astrophysicist. Same. And he's also a, pre- a preacher, he's a minister. Mm-hmm. Imagine having an astrophysicist. And people as say your science minister. and faith collapse. No, but just imagine yeah. what those sermons are like. If yeah. you, if I'd say they're pretty I can confidently say I would have to find a new church. Yeah, because I just would. I mean, <laughs> I, I can say my my. I feel like my mom and dad would love it though. They're yeah. very intellectual thinker. I mean, they they think intellectually. And for for me, I mean, Bucky starts giving like statistics, and yeah. I'm like, whew, slow it down, yeah. like he says percent, and I'm like, all right, man, I. <laughs> Carry the two, multiply by four, and you get twelve. Well, yeah. well, Hugh Ross takes an astrophysicist perspective to Genesis one through eleven, and he talks about how uh, it, it's it really matches with science. And and the thing is, you know, I don't think he's wrong, but I don't think that was why Genesis was written. Hmm. You know, I I don't think I know that's Genesis was not written so that three thousand years from now. A, a a population that loves science and research and statistics can match up with what God has said. Mm. You know, I, I I don't think that that was why Genesis was written. Now, with that being said, I don't think it's a coincidence that science matches up with Genesis. I I don't think that's a coincidence. But we have to remember that the the purpose, what's called the the illocution. The reason why an author is writing, what the author wants the reader to receive, we have to understand what that is in Genesis. And ultimately, it's the God's people are supposed to know He is the one that created all things. He's sovereign over all of creation. Um, and, and so that's what we're going to look at today in chapters one through two. So I just want to know: Do you think they have a like a documentary one day of why? Brothers Hugh Ross and Bob Ross just took wildly different <laughs> yeah. avenues in life. Like one became an astrophysicist and preacher, and one became a happy tree. People painter. are actually going to think that they're brothers, yeah. but they're not. How old is Hugh Ross? Oh, is he like sixties, fifties, hundreds? You know, I don't know. I'd say fifties or sixties. Okay, so I mean, what's Bob Ross? He, he's I think passed away, right? Yes. So he would have been like what seventies? That's that might be too high. I don't even know. Maybe higher. Okay, so... Oh, shoot. Hugh Ross is 76. God look up Bob Ross. He's a healthy-looking 76-year-old. Does he look like me? <laughs> look up... Because I'm an unhealthy-looking 26-year-old. <laughs> Even up, that. Look up Bob Ross. See what he... He died at 52, and that well, was 95. He would... And that was in 95? Yeah, so they're so close I mean, they're, to age. Yeah, they're, like, in fact, too close. They uh, are No, close. he would be... 
78 now. So, yeah, they could be brothers. They could. Brothers Hugh and Bob. Whoa. What if they were? See, what if you Hugh Ross know? was born July 24th, 1945. Bob Ross was born October 29th, 1942. Yeah, they could be brothers. Well, um, what, what if you didn't know that they were brothers? What if they were? Anyway, so um, <laughs> the first thing, I, what I like about Genesis, well, it's all of it. It's God's word. But one of the cool things that was pointed out to me not too long ago in a series I was using, um, which I knew this to be true, but it was just interesting that it was the first characteristic or truth we get about God is that he is creator. Like that's the first thing that we get, the first truth that we get as to who God is. Um, a characteristic. He was there in the beginning because chapter 1, verses 1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So, I mean, word 5 tells us, word 4 tells us who it's about, and word 5 tells us what he is, uh, part of what he is. God is creator. Uh, and so before we move forward, I mean, th- this this pivots. what It totally changes, can change, what we believe in who Jesus is. If we believe that God is creator and we believe that Jesus is the son of God is God. Then God put himself into his own creation, which is what he was set apart from. And so it can, if we don't take Genesis seriously and we kind of look at the old Testament, like, well, it's old Testament. It's just history. But like that can change everything. Well, not taking Genesis seriously changes the way we see revelation. So we need to be able to read the beginning in light of the end and vice versa, be able to read the end in light of the beginning. And if, and if we don't pay attention to Genesis, then we miss a lot that happens in Revelation with the recreation of all things. Um, and, you know, that's what we'll, we'll talk about, the fall and everything next week with chapters 3 and 4. But today, talk Did about someone, creation. Who fell? Someone um, scraped their knee? We all fell. True. <laughs> um, we've, all fallen sh- we've all fell in... Well, we've <laughs> fallen short. Ah, right. <laughs> fallen short of the glory of God. Elocution <laughs> is back. Um, so... Elocution. What isn't that the word you used earlier? Yeah, I was just making like a words joke because like you used a big word and then uh. couldn't say fallen. So, um, so as we go through Genesis one, like we're I don't we we're gonna read parts of it as far as like and I I don't perceive that we're just gonna read all of it because it would take oh yeah definitely twelve not minutes. All so as we kind of walk through Genesis, we see at the beginning. This is the setup. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So at the very beginning... And then you got to read the next couple words. And, okay, well, that, I mean, and God said, let there be light, you and there was light. Yeah. So now you've had all three members of the Trinity introduced okay. yeah. within... Yeah, I, yeah. So, but yeah, it was just like the setup of what what there is and what there isn't. At the yeah. very beginning. There is God and there's nothing else. It's formless and empty. It's void. Um, darkness. And then like Garrett said, once once the light is introduced, you see, and then God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. Uh, God called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning the first day. So the first day, literally, we just get light. Uh, and so we already had the darkness, but now we have the absence of darkness. See, and, and the importance in this, you know, and that's what I, I brought up Hugh Ross, is Hugh Ross would say... Bob's brother. Yeah. <laughs> he'd say, this matches what we know about creation, that that um, light was the first thing that moved, and, and that brings us... You had uh, speed, and then gravity... And, and it all happened immediately, but that was, you know, he's, he's saying everything in Genesis matches up with how we understand creation through astrophysics. But 
you know, I, I just, uh, that's not the, the point here. The point is that in the beginning, there was nothing. In the beginning, there was chaos. In the beginning, God spoke mm. and everything listened. And, and God said. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, and, and I said all three members of the Trinity are there because you have God the Creator. Yep. Uh, the Father. Yahweh Barah. Yeah. Um, and then you have the Spirit is hovering over everything. And then it says, God said. And what does John's gospel say? Um, uh, in the beginning was the Word. And, and he, Capital he, w. yeah, and he equates the word of God to Jesus. The logos is Jesus. And so you have in, in the first three verses of Genesis, you have all three members of the Trinity and all three members work cohesively together to bring order out of chaos, mm. to, to bring something, something out, out of, of nothing. Yeah. And, and that's the point. It's, you know, the debate of, how old is creation? Does creation match what science says? There's a uh, how many views for that? I know two main ones. There's probably, the two sure main ones. You have old Earth and new Earth, but then you have Middle Earth, and then that, you. That's Lord of the Rings. That's not. What, <laughs> oh, so old sorry. Earth is that um, the universe is thirteen billion, fourteen billion years old, and the seven days are it's, not it's days. Age. As we it's, know, it's called the day age theory that each day is an age yeah. of creation, and the new Earth is that it's seven literal days and middle earth is that the first half of it is day age the second half of it is literal days like the first three days are, are ages and then the next three and then the next three and then and then the seventh day is the age we're in now oh, just a continuum yeah a continuation yeah and what's important <laughs> about those you i mean go research those on your own if you want like that's cool um and there's a you know i think there's Many that would say that trying to learn more about that and study that is seeking more knowledge of who yeah. God is. But, but biblically speaking, the point of it, it all matter. is no. Yeah. The point yeah. is God brought creation out of nothing. All and that matters from it is who created it, yeah. and, and, the, all, and knowing He could have done it any way that He wanted. And, and the yeah. important in any part, amount of time. Exactly, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like he could have done it over seven days. Yeah. Well, he could have done it over seven million years. He could have done it's it. It's interesting. Over, we argue about how you know was it 24 hour literal days or was it an age and the early church fathers argued was it instantaneous or was it seven literal days hmm. like they thought well if god's all powerful why did it take him seven literal days to make creation yeah. why and didn't the, he just snap his and fingers and then people look at what science of like evolution and how like even like small scale evolution not like we were the world started from bacteria or mm. whatever but but just how plant or like plants and animals and things have evolved and some people would say, well, that totally negates the truth of God created. But the fact of the matter is, is to believe that God is limited in his creation is is false. So he could create in one day and put the age of a million years on yeah. something. And that's so, another aspect of middle. Right. And there's so, there's so many, we put these limitations on, well, I mean, there's evidence of it being millions or of the earth having billions of years of age, so it must be a billion years old. Well... Potentially, or it's seven thousand years old, and God put billions of years of yeah. age on things. So, so the, the ultimate truth. What's of, your all's opinions on it? Do, I, I'd be honest. I'm not. I'm not. I actually don't have an opinion. I am. I, um, I think literal seven I, days because that's just the easiest yep, for me. I, I've thought hard about all of it, and I've always been, always grew up literal seven days. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that I think there's evidence that it could be either one. Mm. Uh, but then I got to the point. Where I always said, you know, I started looking at the main point, 
and I just quit using brain power. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, because, you know, it's just a waste of time. That, that's right, man. You know, it's fun to think about. And I think there's some well, there things be, you can glean from it. Yeah. But, but when I look at Genesis, I see the main point is <clears throat> what we've talked about. Like, God is creator. He's powerful. He's sovereign over all things. He can do it in any amount of time, at any point in time. He created time. Like, you know, it's just that I trust in... I think we have to get the main point that he's creator. And that's the well, big thing when it comes to even, you know, someone who's lost or someone who doesn't believe in God. Like, if they can get the concept that there is a creator in this world, uh, which yeah. they should. For example, like, if I look at a, if I go outside and look at my car, I'm not going to think my Honda Accord just appeared. Hmm. I, I see it, and I obviously know because of all the buttons and the way it functions and yeah. uh, everything yeah. it does, I realize there's a creator. Yeah. In the same way, I, I think when we look at the world, when we look at a human mind, when we look at uh, animals, when, when we yeah. look at things in the world and we have to realize, like, there's man, there's some kind of intelligence. So what is that? Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, I mean, like, just thinking about the advances of science and medical research and, you know, people give humans the credit for that. I'm thinking how expansive he created, like, our brains mm -hmm. that we can come up with new ways in, of experimentation to see how things work. I mean, that's how I think of it is not to give credit to man in, in the sense of like, you know, whoever the dude was that created the polio vaccine, like congrats, man, like you yeah. did it. But like to think about how God created our brains in a way that can be expansive and, and create the, the wheel in one generation and then create a polio vaccine in another generation. So to me, that is a, a testimony to, to God's creation as opposed to our, our it's great important. power. It's important too that we read this in light of knowing what other cultures at that time what their creation stories were do you all know any like creation stories of ancient cultures um I, i've heard some i'm trying to think which one i couldn't even name one off the top of my head so we're not talking um, like birds and the bees creation. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh so no i'm like so the akkadian and the babylonian epic of creation has to do with like pantheon of gods like you yeah. had this one god that came out from something and then he created another god, and that created another god, and then they all started fighting each other, and their wars were what burst all the planets, and, and so the, it's yeah. like, it's this story of people coming together and fighting, and out of the chaos came order. But the, 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 we have to set Genesis in the backdrop of that. So all of these other creation epics of that time have to do with explaining nature human terms and experience and and making the supernatural natural and genesis says well no there wasn't a pantheon of gods there wasn't any battles or wars Singular. god just said let there be light yep. <laughs> and that was it and just think about how uh, i mean how countercultural a, a, a creation story of Israel was to the rest of the world if everyone else is saying, well, this God fought this God, and this God killed this God, and this God married this God, and, and that's how all these different things came in. I mean, that's completely different whenever you just come to, well, God said, let there be light, and there was light, so, and that's it. pop quiz, and I'll go ahead and tell you, just so, like, if you don't know, you don't feel bad, I don't know this answer. I've tried to know it multiple times. It's really struggle. Do you have the, the days of creation memorized? Like what is created on each day? There, because I don't. I mean, I always like they always get screwed up with like 
two and three. So it's important that the easiest way to kind of remember them, and I'm going to shoot myself in the mouth if, like, <laughs> like if I if I butcher that, this. That feels a little aggressive. <laughs> no, no, I'm like I'm 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 going to. Sh- Put my foot in my mouth is what I yeah. meant to say. Shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> I'm my, I put those two metaphors. I would say I don't want to record that part of the yeah. podcast. We'll cut that. Um, so go well, ahead. I want, so there's because I struggle to remember Hebrew um, logic. I think we've said this before is block logic. Like the Western world is based off of Greek logic. Point A gets to point B, gets to point C, gets to point D, and and that's how we think. Hebrew logic is here's one thing, here's another thing, you know, they just are. Yep. You know, they they don't have to relate them. And so when we come to creation, we read it from a Western point of view. Um, day one connects to day two, connects to day three, and and each one consecutively brings the next one. But Hebrew thinkers are. No, it's just, here's what happened, This group. here's this yeah. one. Yeah. So you have group one, day one, light and dark, day two. Um, oh, God. Uh-oh, we got him on the spot. Uh, See, this is why it's, it's hard. Um, and there will be probably... Day three is sun and moon, right? It's bodies in the... Day three. Uh, is bodies uh, in the sky. Um, yeah. And then day two is... No, 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 no. Yes, because day one's morning and night, day and light. Day two, I'm trying to do this without looking at my Bible. Day two is um, expanse, so yeah. he's separating heavens from water. Um, which I've got a question about that. I want to come back to it here in a second. So, the so best way to think of it is you have days one, two, and three are about separation. Days three, four, and f- uh, days four, five, and six are about filling. Um, so you have the separation of light from dark, the separation of um, from heaven air. from yeah. earth, the separation of <laughs> water from air. Of water from land. Yeah. Okay. Yep, there you and go. then day three is filling. You just said day three. Or um, day four is filling, um, filling the water. Am I right on that? Uh. Well, two lights. Oh shoot. Yep. Day four is filling the heavenly bodies with lights. Yep. The moons and sun. Day and the stars. Fi- yeah. Day five is filling the the water and yep. air. Yeah. Day six is filling the land. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, I, 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 I truly, like, I always, like, screw up. Like, the days two and three are the ones that I always screw up. The sun and moon. And then I always assume light yeah. and dark is the sun and moon. Right. So then I'm always like, what was day three? You know, so. But I just was so reading. So what is so, light and dark if it's not yeah, the sun and the it's moon? It's yin and yang. Yeah. All right. Uh. So day one. <laughs> day one is uh, light and dark, right? He separated light uh, from the darkness. Day two is the, the water from the sky. So I'm reading verse six. I'm reading NIV, and Garrett frowns on that. For all you listeners that listen on that, he's embarrassed. So no, I'm just kidding. Um, Let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So was it just all water? Like everything was water? And then so then that leads me to, I mean, unless see that's why translation issue maybe. Well, and and, and but then I'll go back to verse two, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Is that an indication of He's not within? creation he's it's, it's he's set apart from it see i think uh, uh when that comes what does your say in verse six what is what are you reading from christian csb esv what does verse six say for you uh sorry nine i'm sorry wait six yeah six, yeah verse so. six says for me and god said let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the yeah. waters yeah pretty much the same thing so, so i mean was was this was it just everything just water no it's it's pictorial language is what it's called so 
It, it remember it's about the separation. I thought that was the chest muscle. <laughs> My gosh. I mean, <laughs> so and and there's not really there's not science hebrew's not a scientific language yeah. so it's not going to say and god separated the the vacuum of space from the rocks that filled yeah. that that people yeah. dwell upon like and you're not going to have that it's, it's important to know too biblical hebrew only had 7000 to 8000 words yeah. english language has 171000 yeah. um so there's a huge difference so it's hard to describe but, but the point the vault of heaven or the firmament or the expanse whatever your translation has it's meant to show this imagery of you know he's making a distinction at the in the beginning there was light and okay. there was evening, there was morning, there was light, and there was darkness, and that was it. But now he's saying, okay, now there's going to be a distinction. There's going to be heavenly bodies. There's going to be earthly bodies. So there's a separation yeah. between the two. So the uh, day one is light and darkness. Day two is sky and water. I almost always say sky and air, as Garrett It's not said. necessarily. It's, 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 it's not sky and earth. That's an important distinction. It's heaven from earth it's heavenly bodies versus earthly bodies okay that's the distinction that's day three being is um water and ground and land being separated and land producing vegetation seed bearing plants tree, trees on the land with bear uh that bear fruit with seeds in it according to their various kinds um so now you're zooming in on the earth and you're saying right. not only has god separated the heavens from the earth but now he's separating parts of the earth from from other parts yeah. of the earth and then you get uh, Pangea. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, so then you get the sun, the, the sun and moon and stars on day four. Day five is the creatures in the water, creatures on land, day, or uh, water and sky, birds and fish, uh, and then megalodons. And then day six, it says that in verse sure. 23. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and then and day six, you get the land producing living creatures. And then you, uh, the wild animals, and then God talks about man. So in each one of these days, God said, it says there was evening, there was morning, the first day, whatever. But he calls creation good on these uh, on these creation. God saw that And even on day six, he does it until. Yes. And then on day six, he creates man. Um, so verses 26 and 27, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Um, and so then he goes through all of those. Um, and then verse 31, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. There was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. I have in my memory, I always remember that very good as when he makes man. But it's but really there's a it's distinction once creation completion. is finished, yeah. then it is very good. So, so I read this not too long ago, I don't know, a couple months ago, and I was like, bro, how did I overlook yeah. that for so long? Well, because it, it's like so, and this just shows the self-centeredness of humanity. Yeah. Well, it wasn't very good until we were created. Yeah. Well, that's true. But the point it is, also wasn't very good it wasn't, the sun was it wasn't good until everything was finished. Right. That's really the emphasis. Yeah. Like the emphasis, it's done, it's finished, it's very good. Now I'm going to kick back and relax. Yeah. And, and that's where the So Sabbath then obviously, comes. Um, to, to kick off t- chapter two, and we'll talk about Adam and Eve, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all of their vast array. 
By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because Which, on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. You know, we I think the Sabbath commandment right now in the world today is the most oft-neglected mm-hmm. commandment, and yet it is the commandment that's always been there. Yeah. God has from the very beginning. God has participated in Sabbath from the beginning, and you know, it's the command that he participated in and asked us to participate in, and it's the least one that we participate in. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wants to rest. No one wants to take time so to especially settle down. In, in the Western world. I mean, oh, especially yeah. in- and it's because we don't have a, like you said, the Western world, we don't trust God. Because yeah. you think the Sabbath will, oh, I would do a Sabbath, and, and I would. I got too much to do. But yeah, I got too much. I have to work, and it's like. College football's on. I got two TVs in my living room, man. Yeah. If you, know? you got like, can you trust God enough that yeah. he's going to still provide? Yeah. I mean, work your butt off one. You work your butt off six days. Well, you don't have to do five. Like, you can still work hard and grind six yeah. days, but man, the importance of taking that rest, but resting and remembering God mm. uh, in his rest yeah. uh, is important. Well, there's this natural rhythm to creation where god creates this and then this and then this and then he rests and mm. and we're supposed to participate in that rhythm and if we don't we're you know moving against the grain of what god ordered creation to be but we yeah. move out of this chapter one and now of Adam this and macro Eve. and now we're we're sucked into okay it's it's like have you ever have you all ever looked at like the pictures of satellites where you have like satellite imagery of the universe and then you zero in on Earth, and then all of a sudden you click on one spot on the map of Earth, and shoop, yeah. you're like sucked in all yeah. of a sudden. That's what happens in chapter two, verse four. Now woof, we come yeah. in, and it talks about it. We come verse seven. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground. Well, wait a second. He just said in chapter one that he created mankind in his image and his likeness, male and female. But now in verse seven, it's saying that he creates man. So what what we're seeing here is we're seeing a recap of what just happened just from a really micro perspective. Mm-hmm. And and there and that's an important point is that not only is God sovereign over everything he's created, not only is he the creator, but he wants to be intricate with his creation. Yeah. And it's the the author is zeroing in on this fact. I'm not just going to brush over the fact that God created everything. I want you to know that God was in the midst of his creation as well and breathed yes. breath into man's yeah. nostrils. And, and you see the detail he puts into yeah. man and woman and the importance of, you know, the where we are like as far as creation, that that the love that God has for, for men and women um, and the care that, that he has for them. Because when he when we go from, from macro to micro, when we take a zoom in, it's zooming in at God forming the man out of dust and we're zooming in at at god forming the woman so it's a more detailed which of course is leads us to genesis 3 which we'll talk about next week but but god's showing like all right i created them out of my love um i created them with intention i created them with design and with detail for his uh, glory for for my glory and it's a beautiful picture of him looking like look how much i cared for you guys Uh, i knew it wasn't good for adam to be alone and and so i created him this wonderful uh creature being eve i created him a wife and and we see the care that a loving father 
has for us in Genesis yeah. chapter 2. It's not just, and it, I'm speaking, I'm yes. stepping back. It's, exactly. No, see, as I'm speaking, I'm right there in your yeah. And God has a green thumb, we see, because he creates the Garden of Eden. Ah. Uh, it's a beautiful oh. garden. And, and uh, where is the garden? Yeah, uh, I don't know, something about Pishon, Tigris, Euphrates, you Land all of have, Kush. Have you all done any research on where you think the garden originally was? Yeah, I think Iraq. Mesopotamia. Think Iraq? <laughs> I, I Specifically? No, no, yeah, you're actually, I, I, there's two I've heard, theories. I've heard Iraq, uh, that's the one I've heard the most. Kuwait. Um, and I, I haven't heard another one. That's probably the only one I've really heard. So um, what is modern-day Kuwait is one of the theories, and the other theory is... In Turkey, where we they believe scholars believe Mount Arat is, where the Ark rested, oh, yeah. um, and it really depends on how you translate the word, um, uh, uh, the the source or the head yeah. of the rivers. So if you translate it as source, which ironically CSB translates um, from there, the garden. A river went out from Eden to water the garden. From there it divided and became the source of four rivers. Rivers. If that's how you translate it, then you would have to put Eden um, in Turkey because that would be where the rivers start and come out of. But those rivers also come back to around the area of Kuwait. And so if you translate that, that word is from the word head, um, Rosh. It could also... Uh, good mean, Nike shoes. <laughs> could also mean um, where they come together, where they come to a head. You know, yeah. so it can either be the start or it can be right. the finish. So it depends on how you translate that. So we are going to take a seven-day excursion. <laughs> if you want to join us, it's only three thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. We're going to find. <laughs> well, we're going to find the garden. Eden. The reason I I know that all this background information is because I, I'm working on a fiction book that. I've been writing for like two and a half years now, so I'm not really working on take time. <laughs> super in depth, but it has to do with their searching for Eden um, mm-hmm. and a lot of other things. But is the book called The Search for Eden? No, it's a trilogy. Is it called Indiana Jones? Called the Two Worlds the Search of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hashtag not a sponsor. So we <laughs> see this description of the Garden of Eden, and it's this like beautiful image of like this luscious garden with these trees, and you've got the Tree of Knowledge. Uh, of good and evil and the tree of life in the center of the garden. And, and it goes on, and uh, God took man, puts him in the garden to work. And verse 16, the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat for, of it, you will surely die. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so it talks about how all of the creation he had made. And then uh, in verse uh, 20, but for Adam no suitable helper was found. So God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. The Lord God made a woman from this rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The I'm actually and his wife were both naked, and they felt no I'm shame. I'm using that passage in a wedding that I'm doing tomorrow. Shout out. That's the one I use. Yeah. Yeah, really? Yeah. I are love it. I think tomorrow? it's just such a beautiful Not tomorrow, one. but uh, I'm I doing I was about to say, dang, y'all, I mean. No, I don't have to do one until, I don't think November, but um, I, I use that because, man, it's, it's, I think we see the importance. Also, I, I, I love the importance of marriage that's emphasized here. 
which is in the foundational world. to oh, yes. human to creation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally I, to the creation of mankind. Yes, it is a relationship that is designed by God for our good. And you see, the world has distorted marriage. Yep. And but if you look back at Genesis, biblical marriage, is a part of our nature. It is. It's it's a part of what God intended. Like in create, like when He created, He He intended the sun to shine. And he, of course, not everybody has to get married. It's no, not a no, law Paul that. Says that. Um, yeah. yeah, Paul agreed with that. So, but it's the point of, hey, I've created this for you guys. And guess what? It is too. Man well, woman I, w- I would argue, and I think Paul would argue too that you know. In God's you know, original state of thing, yeah, call, call yeah. I wonder what the enduring word Bible says about this. <laughs> I, I think you know Paul would argue too that in God's original state, He did intend for everyone to be married. He did intend for everyone to find yeah. that everyone would have a person partner. that's one flesh yeah. with them. Um, but we were what corrupted marriage, and yeah. because of that, Paul says, you know, if 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 you don't, if marriage, if if you can withstand the temptation, the sexual temptations of life without being married, then don't commit to marriage. Commit your marriage to being married to the church, to being married to Christ. But if you can't withstand those temptations, and, and, and there's more to it than that. But I would say the original state of creation was for us to be married. But yeah. we, in our corrupted state, shifted that. Because yeah. that's what sin is. It's corrupting what God deemed as good. Yeah, so in chapters 1 and 2, man, you get like... First, who, God, what, created. So you get God God as creator, uh, and we get an image and a vision of who God is actually through ourselves. I mean, we are created in his image. Uh, and then you get to see kind of like, well, okay, what is that image? Well, here's the micro version in chapter 2 of, of this, the, this flesh. <laughs> flesh. This, uh, meat suit, as uh, <laughs> there's some shows that call it that, uh, but this bag of flesh right? that is just yeah, that is just animal until the breath of God is put within us, until we are breathed into life, and then we become uh, not little gods uh, like some would say, but we become fully the image of the Creator, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's not for our glory. It's not to say you know, hey, man was created, and hey, look, it's very good, but to say mankind is is part of the complete set of God's creation mm-hmm. and with mankind with animals with you know all of the fruit and vegetation all of that together in unity is very good uh, and it's very good because it's created by God mm-hmm. uh, it's very good because it is intelligently designed by our creator um, not because we say it's very good or oh I like apples and peaches but because God the creator is very good uh, and so his creation is the same. Hmm. And so through chapter 2, we see that the, the creation of man and woman, you know, a little more intimately as to what that creation looked like. And, and ultimately the, the culmination, as we said, that the, the divine purpose of, of marriage for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. Uh, and then you get the, the idea of purity, of pre-sin. The man is, and his wife were both naked and yet not ashamed and felt no shame. And so you just get this beginning image of like, Here's God. Here's His creation. Here we go. You know, like, of course, you get a little foreshadowing to like, oh, you know, the fact that you get an indication of they're naked and felt no shame means yeah. something's coming uh, to change everything, and that sets us up for where we'll get to well, next week. Well, verse four. It's important to note all of Genesis is marked by genealogies. Um, every like stage of shift in the Genesis account. A genealogy precedes it. Verse 4 is a genealogy. You have this phrase, these are the records 
of the heaven and the earth. That word there um, comes from the word toldot, and and that word means genealogy. You know, we translate it. What does the NIV translate that as? Well, in verse in verse four, two, verse four. My, CSB translates it as records. These Mine are the records. Account. These are the count. So when we come to like a genealogy, we we say this is the you know how I don't know how it translates the genealogy. Um, like we this is the document containing the family records of Adam um, for mm. the line of Seth. That's chapter five. But you have this told dot. You have this genealogy in chapter two. And so it's saying God created all things. Okay, now here are the records of what happened at the beginning of creation. So you have this narrative then that happens between chapter two, verse four, and chapter five. So everything that happens in this block here is somehow supposed to fit together in regards to the family history of God's first creation of Adam mm-hmm. and Eve. And then Seth is the next history that we have. And then you have Noah's genealogy. And then you have, after Noah, you have Abraham. Um, and so you have all these different, you know, you, you got to read inside the lines of the genealogies to know where the the author is headed with what he's talking about. And, and we'll get into all, all the importance of it next week as we go through we're gonna go through chapters three and four uh next week and uh but we guys we hope you guys enjoyed uh, you guys enjoyed, are gonna have to tell me when enjoyed. i'm being boring with all oh this, no no i think it's good i think it's good what'd you say yeah we hope you guys enjoyed uh just looking in genesis one and two it is you know something that we think we all know uh but when you look down into the the depth of what is being written and the the main theme of what's being written, you can read a lot out of the text. Uh, so True. I'm excited to finish up Genesis 1 through 11. We'll do chapters 3 and 4 next week. Uh, but we appreciate you guys listening. Maybe next week. Oh, yeah. There's a world uh, yeah. where... Where uh, I could have a baby. Yeah. Well, Gabrielle could have a baby. Well, I'll baby tell you too. what. We'll just zoom you in in the middle hey, of the I'll zoom you in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the ah! podcast. <laughs> all right. Sorry to the headphone listeners on that one. I oh, mean, yeah, sorry. You just got, you no longer have eardrums. So, uh, hey, thanks for being here tonight. It's a good time. Um, Christian, why don't you pray us out? Let's do it. God, we love you, God, and we just thank you for everyone listening, God, that you would uh, bless them. Uh, indeed, Lord, God, that uh, you would help them. Uh, to grow closer to you and God help us as well. Uh, God, thank you for creating us and just loving us enough to to make uh, man and woman in your image. And it's an honor that uh, we don't always carry correctly, but God, we uh, carry it uh, with humbleness and joy. And we just thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen.